Ready Check Radio. What's up, Internet? It's Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. That means it's time for the Relic Grind. Ready Check Radio's Final Fantasy XIV Square Enix podcast. We're doing it live, twitch.tv slash readycheckradio. If you're watching on YouTube, on readycheckradio.com, listening on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening or watching. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Head on over to readycheckradio.com in the upper right-hand corner. You'll see all the socials, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, all that fun stuff. Do us a favor. If you like what we do here, go and uh, click like, click subscribe. All that fun stuff helps us, definitely helps us out. And if you like what we do here, tell a friend. Get them to come and hang out. Chad's with us. We're ready to talk about a bunch of stuff. Joining me to do it, Mr. Chris Montoya, a.k.a. Tark. What's up, Tarkov? Uh, greetings programs, man. It's been a great week. Um, it has a little slow on the know, Square Enix side of things, but a busy uh, yeah, week in general. Slow. Yes, busy week in general. Uh, I will say, you know, we give Forspoken and Square Enix a lot of crap for pushing it back and not doing it in its any favors. Yeah, yeah. But it could be worse, right? It yeah, could be you could bones. be Skull and Bones. Yeah, absolutely. You could. <laughs> Fifth Lord. delay into it's March awful. 2023. A month, little, little over a month from release date. Guess they were just like, uh, yeah, we got to get this away from God of War. <sighs> we have to. <laughs> like, we they need have to get it. To. They need to find a spot where it's the only game. So they're like, I guess we could give it a try. Well, I mean, they still did manage to cram it into their fiscal year right at the tail end uh, by by jamming it into the beginning of March. It will still count for their 2022 fiscal for whatever that's worth, <laughs> whatever that ends up being worth. <laughs> also on the line, not a pirate. But also Sans Beard now. Adam Lane. Yeah. What's up, Kronos? Not much. I mean, you could always, you know, if, if Cyberpunk can be successful, anybody can be successful at this point. Yeah, but oh, Cyberpunk man. earned it. Like yeah. <laughs> Cyberpunk. Yeah, saying, if you could come back from that, man. Yeah, I, mean, I hear I hear that uh the word on the street is because of how Edge Runners, what it, what Edge Runners has done for Cyberpunk that the we might get a Battlefield 2042 anime sometime soon. <laughs> if you're looking Lord. forward to that Battlefield 2042 anime, it's uh, not too far away. Anyway, none of that stuff is what we wanted to talk about today. Today, we're going to talk about some Final Fantasy 14 stuff, of course, and then roll through some other Square Enix news. Now, obviously, it was a little slow uh, this week because we kind of were like coming off of the Nintendo Direct and then Tokyo Game Show and we've got the live letter next week uh next Friday so it's kind of like that one odd week in between but you can always count on Yoshi P usually like the week and a half before a live letter and the week and a half after a live letter doing some interviews so I did see a few wanted to get your thoughts and talk about a few of these questions the first one comes from Austin King over at Screen Rant now, obviously, I don't know if Austin King did the interview in its entirety or if Austin was, you know, the, the editor that put it all together. Either way, the byline goes to Austin King. Credit where due. And, of course, they sat down and talked with Yoshi P about Patch 6.2 uh, and beyond going forward. Uh, and they kind of, uh, like, it was, uh, it was a softball question or two in there. And that's, you know, I've done many interviews. And there's always a softball question where you give the devs just a kind of a chance to talk about their new expansion or their new patch or whatever. They did start, though, by just, it's, it's kind of a softball, but I like the softball. They didn't say, you know, like, what's the reception Chrono's been to 6.2 or what are the players thinking of 6.2? They weren't, like, generic like that, just giving an op him an opportunity to say, you know, everybody loved it. We're getting positive feedback, a very predictable answer. They, they said, hey, 6.2 added so much. Do you have a personal favorite? And he did. Like, he legitimately, he did not, like, duck dodge, duck, duck, dip, dive, and dodge away from the question. <laughs> if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a screen rant question. Uh, <laughs> they, they, he legitimately did pick something. 
but probably not for the reason you might think. So he picked Pandemonium Abyssos, the raid, the battle encounters, specifically in the 5Ds of interviews, says the newest girl in chat. He picked the battle encounters and the way that they were tied with the story progression. Just before we go any further on like his rationale there, Kronos, were you surprised that he went with the raids? No. I mean, I feel like he, he, he enjoys like that type of content. I don't know. I mean, he's an old school like player, right? And then I think they do a really good job of tying it into the story. Typically, most people that's probably all they do, right? They they only do the they only experience the normal modes for like the story and the and the fights there. So I'm I'm not really shocked about it. And this I think is, it's really good. Like, too. I don't want to this take anything strong. away from it. it. It it is very very good. But I yeah. to me, it's not one of my favorites. It's not my well, favorite. From a story perspective, I think it's one of the stronger ones. Honestly, uh, and I, I'll give that to you. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, maybe not the fights particularly, um, but from a story perspective, I think it's pretty strong. Tark, surprised he didn't go like a more generic route, like, you know, well, the kind of slow beginnings of the new storyline post Heidelin starting to take a little bit of shape. We're planting some seeds. I like, you know, that type. Like, you just were you surprised he didn't go in a different direction here? No, because I think deep down he's a raider at heart. <laughs> he's I, a I think raider. he likes. <laughs> and and if and if it was just him you know, going given direction and, and what does put out they would all be ultimates right you know the, true they wouldn't they wouldn't all be they wouldn't be savage yeah, there'd be normal mode and then everything would be an ultimate uh i don't i don't know about that maybe I don't not know about that but <laughs> that's my hope and dream so the rationale he had behind it was actually i thought pretty interesting like obviously he said hey i like the way the story progression is tied with the battle encounters and there's a wide variety of new mechanics so like the content itself but his real big rationale was behind the scenes this was like the first kind of meshing of story and raid content created by newer team members and some of the old heads that have been there for a while and that the content turned out very promising, and he's really enjoyed the raids from a content perspective, but more from a content creation perspective as well. I kind of dug that answer. I was like, damn it, that is a good answer <laughs> to a softball question, Kronos. <laughs> that is a very that's, good that's answer. That's interesting, because I, I wonder how that relates to Savage, too, because there's some weird stuff in the Savage tier that just doesn't feel like a Savage mechanic sometimes. Specifically yeah. in seven, um, mm. like there's just a lot of tells in seven that like you would be like, really, like like the punch, like the arrows are there in Savage, but I just I wonder if that's like the new and old thing. I just I'm I'd be curious to know more about that. I think uh, I yeah, think eight's great though. I think eight is one of the best Savage fights they've ever designed. Honestly, I think eight's awesome. Seven's weird though, man. They have a weird time with third fights, specifically in Savage, but. Tark, you had something there. Uh, I was gonna say, but yeah, my raid team was like, "Where's the other tell?" Because we know that there's not going to be arrows on the ground in Savage. So, is there another tell? Like one of the arms is glowing, and we're like, well, "No, it's just the arrows." So, well, yeah, the fact that I put the arrows down on the ground and that's still a mechanic. It's like not to get too okay. off topic, but the other weird thing is the in that fight specifically. The punches are always the same. They're yeah. not. There's no random. He, he either hits back, back or forth. front, and there's no variation to it. it it's just yeah. it's weird. It's very scripted. It's just weird. To Cal and chat liking these newer raids too, as somebody that does the casual mode, the normal mode for the story content, and then that's kind of it. The exact, you know, most of the Final Fantasy XIV audience, right? Uh, raiding <laughs> audience, a very a very high percentage of raiders do exactly that. Don't touch the savage. Don't touch the ultimate. Go experience the story. Have a moderately challenging fight, and then call it a day. Uh, so yeah, I, I was I was a little I di I did like hearing about some behind the scenes stuff in a question that really you wouldn't have thought off the bat would have gotten behind the scenes. They did go into Island Sanctuary. Uh, apparently, Austin is just super enamored with Island Sanctuary. Uh, says abs I absolutely adore this from what I've seen, and I think a lot of other fans do too. Looking ahead, what kind of support and features will this see in future updates? Something we've speculated on on this show. Like, where does that go from here besides 
putting more items, mounts, minions, whatever in the uh, in the vendor and just having you continue ad nauseum farming up your currency. Uh, Yoshi P says, we're currently working on additions like allowing for further expansion of the hideaway uh, and more types of facilities to construct, but we're also hoping to make minor updates to improve overall experience based on the feedback we've received from players. So kind of a... I, Kind of an obvious one, right? Give us more buildings to create that do new things. Give us the ability to do some different things with the hideaway itself. Uh, but, I mean, we are... You kind of rigidly define the space, right? Like, mm -hmm. there's only so much land. Um, and granted, there's plenty of land right now. But the more you expand out the, the hideaway or the entire base camp or you add new plots so that you can put in new buildings unless you make it a do you want three workshops or two workshops and new one new building like you leave the number of plots the same but give it more options assuming you expand anytime you expand you start taking away gathering space so it's always a trade-off if you expand that way. So I wonder where they're going to take this, Tark. Like, how do you give us more options without it making me feel like I've got a sacrifice now in what is supposed to be sa uh, casual, very casual content? Or, okay, my gathering areas are getting smaller incrementally each time they add to this. Well, I said this before. Like, I, I want the option to absolutely decimate my island sanctuary and make it a... a desolate mining facility with quarries all over and then no resources and 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 destroy all the fauna <laughs> yeah. I, I, th I think there's a couple things they could do Go they could combine functions of buildings they could, could like you could like combine they could have like a workshop granary and then add a second building so you don't lose anything like exactly new have, girl have Trip like a mine island thing. yeah because i mean you do have one decision to make right when you are max level there is you you can't put up all the landmarks. You you can put mm, up three yeah. out of four. You can create four different ones, but you only get to pick three. So we already have one example where they have said, "Look, you have options, but you don't have enough land." But the more that you you compound that, I I, th I think that becomes less casual, and then a lot people already min max it right, but a lot mm. more. What is going to be the most beneficial for? my currency because that's why i'm here at this point i want those rewards it's it's a retainer for some people at this point like yeah. you just you just go there every day you set your thing up Strip. you forget about it it i mean it's i think they just have to add another island at some point i don't i think that's the the route they're going yeah i don't think they could just do i don't really see how they do anything else but maybe maybe they have an idea now these have said minor updates also to improve the overall experience based on feedback what what do we have right now tark in island sanctuary that you would want improved um well i'm pretty much done with it i just put out a tweet i got well, my so right so your entire your entire everything's experience. on autopilot yeah okay so but your entire experience <laughs> from level one through level 10 what aspect um, of island sanctuary did you go this needs a little work. This needs a little tweaking. I don't kind of quite like this. Uh, some way of getting unstuck if you are a bonehead like I did and spend some of your currency and not realizing you needed to reinvest. Uh, some way well, to you, get out of that. You got sooner? unstuck. It just took you days. <laughs> it, yeah, it took me a week or two, you know, to finally get back rolling again. Um, but yeah, when you're stuck, it's like, okay, well, I guess I could just gather a bunch of stuff, but then you can't even sell it for blue currency. You can only sell it for green currency. So I, I guess that would be my answer. It's some way to get unstuck if you make a bonehead decision. Wanna? I'm going to tell you my number early. one. And if you guys tell me there's a way to do this, I'm going to cry because I just haven't <laughs> found it. Okay. I want to be able to collect all from the oh God. mammoths managing my crops and my pets. Yes, please. I want to be able to collect all. <laughs> That's a good one. Instead of right-clicking every single one, collect and continue to support. Collect so and continue to support. There, there's kind of a way, but it's not really it's, like the way you probably would want it. Right. It's it's yeah. Just give me a collect yeah. all button. 
Yeah. There's no reason for that not to be there. Give me a collect all and keep raising, collect all, stop raising. Yeah, kind of. I, I kind of wish you would just gather and feed from the mammoth. As much as like yeah. I understand that you want, they want people to like walk to the animal. You know, change your thing, but it's just inconvenient. <laughs> but you know, like that's just me. I, I'm sure some people really enjoy that part of it, but I'd rather just click on the mammoth and harvest everything and then replant. I don't need to go water each individual thing. Well, yeah, I right. have the mammoths well, doing do that. that. Yeah, I have the yeah, mammoths taking care of everything. They do the watering, they do the feeding, they do the petting and everything. It costs you the currency, a couple hundred, yeah. you know, every it costs yeah. me like 220 a day or something like that. But when you even when you're gathering the mats, when you go to the yeah. mammoth and talk to them, you have to right click on each animal's line or each crop's line and it's tell, like collect all, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. say yeah. you know, it'll say, "Hey, we've gathered 5 since the last time you talked to us." You can claim them and tell them the mammoths, hey, keep going. I'll still pay you. Keep going. But yeah. there, you have to do that on every freaking line. It's annoying. Absolutely. Yeah, I think also, also if you miss a day doing that, you, you just lose the stuff. No, think, the, the, mats will, the mats will go up to what? What is it, Tark? 50, I think, in, uh, on the crops and the animals. Each of them, it'll, they'll gather up to 50. So it would take you a while of missing it before you're actually not getting... I mean, fifty technically materials. is only two days if mm -hmm. you're lucky. Mm -mm -mm -mm. No, it's per it's per it's line. Per line. So the the, the gardening okay. is yeah. fifty. So, so one one caught chocobo. If you gathered it on day one and you got both items, that's two. Okay, and so day it's fifty two, per animal. Yeah, it's fifty per animal or fifty per okay. per. Crop. Yeah, that's fine. That's yeah, fine. I, I yeah, think that's it, fine. I think it's fifty for the gardening and I think it's twenty for the animals. Something, so yeah, yeah, something like that. On each. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, because the, the gardening is five each. <clears throat> and the animals are one to two. Yeah. I yeah, think really, would be awesome. I mean, that would be nice. I I don't really care at this point. I'm basically done. But uh, I think that you should be able to convert some conversion rate of green to blue scripts. I think that would fix Tarkov's problem, too. Yeah, to mm -hmm. go the other way. Uh, because at least if you messed up, now you can gather and just eventually trade in. Maybe like five to one or something. I don't know. Ten to one, maybe. I Whatever makes sense. I think they should do that. I mean, like, because if someone really wants to go gather and get 24,000 blues for the mount just from gathering, have at it, man. If you want to spend that many hours. Um, getting 10 experience and pop, baby. 10 experience yeah. and pop. But I'll I think it would at least let people catch up. I'll tell you what, man. Oh, and also the my gripe from the beginning. When I can spam the sprint button faster than the cooldown, there's no reason for it to be a button. It oh, just, you should have infinite sprint in there. Yeah, yeah. just have yeah. that be the default speed. Those would be my like two improvements generally across the board for everybody that I think just there's no reason to require me to hit that button um, when I can hit the button faster than the the buff cools off so or wears off. So yeah, uh, they did ask about Hildebrand. Yeah, they Yoshi P just kind of reiterated. It's been nice having a little bit of break. It let us put some more time into making sure that these are interesting and amusing without making them feel forced. So that's cool. Uh, then they asked, for the new Dungeons and Trials, how did the dev team find the right balance in terms of difficulty with keeping things new while also providing a challenge for players? And I'm, I put it in the show notes for you guys because just reading the question and rereading it again, the, the question just feels really off base to me. Like it is not in touch with the actual state of dungeons in Final Fantasy 14, even for a casual player. Like the, the overwhelming majority of the player base has run a dungeon, probably many, many, many of them. Um, and if you like them like we do, cool. But I don't think anybody, even a more casual player, finds them challenging in any meaningful way uh, and interesting <laughs> keeping things new um, I, it, I the last time I ran a dungeon that didn't feel like pull 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 boss pull 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 boss pull 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 boss I, like I can't even tell you when it is is the scenery nice? Yeah. Is the story nice? Yeah. Are the bosses kind of fun and, and maybe a new mechanic here and there that you're like, oh, that's neat. Yeah. 
But I just thought the question was like, that's a little out of touch. Had they asked it after we saw like Criterion Dungeon and, and things like that in the next patch, I would have understood. But to kind of imply, like, how do you find the right balance for providing a challenge? Is anybody challenged by them? I, I don't <laughs> I don't know. And I'm not being facetious there. I don't I don't no. think they are. I think some people are. But do you really? It's a very, it's a, I run enough mentor roulette. I think it's a small, very small subset. No, like, see, but there's a difference between not knowing a fight <sighs> And or not knowing the layout, or hey, I'm new to tanking in Final Fantasy 14. I'm it, still getting it, used to pulling. I, but it's between not always there's bad, a difference between that to challenge. Go ahead. Yeah, go. I mean, so I get dead ends a lot in my mentor roulette. A lot. And they're hardly people that are new that go to that dungeon and struggle. And I'm not I don't think that dungeon's hard, but I think people have a hard time in there. That's like the only one in this expansion, though. That's I the think. only one in a while that I've had even remote challenges with some people. Because I think a lot of people queue up for that and um, Katesis and uh, crap. What's the other one? What's the whatever the 90 dungeon is? The one where you're like you go into the Spalathon? No, not not the expert dungeon or maybe it's 89. But the one where like you go down, and you fight Amon at the end. Oh, the Tisha scope. Yeah, a tissue scope. Yeah, the, people queue for those a lot because they want the minion. Can't market board them. Um, so I get those a lot in Mentor, and people struggle with those three. Um, and, and the funny thing is, is like I feel like people, I get more groups that struggle in leveling dungeons, but I think that goes to the point that you made earlier where a lot of times it's like people are still learning. Um, so that's like a, a part of it too. But I mean, Dead Ends is a max level dungeon. <laughs> Um, Yoshi P's answer, yeah. by the way, was this boils down to the team repeatedly creating, repeating, receiving or repeatedly receiving feedback, making our data quantifiable and continuously improving our sensibilities. We thoroughly, thoroughly play each content before its release as we test it with several parties of different player skill and make adjustments based on the results. I I don't know. It it just seemed like maybe maybe because they threw the word trials in the question. There there's yeah. an argument that they kind of meant like, hey, challenging here, new here. Like I don't know. I kind of felt like the question was worded really funny. Like to me, dungeons have always been on the same level of difficulty. You might find an oddball fight that people just aren't used to here and there. But they're kind I'm, of on an even I, keel difficulty-wise. And that's by design. I'm not faulting them for that. That is by absolute design. Yeah. Do, I mean, do you find, like, normal mode raids difficult? I mean, I think no. I think they balance around different. Yeah, no, so me I neither. Don't. But but I bet there are people that do. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Certainly. Um, yeah. I, I, think, I, I think this question would have been better if it was trials and, and normal raids instead of dungeons. Dungeons are yeah. just super casual. In my I opinion. mean, I, I think all those things are casual, but maybe I'm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Normal are normal modes not casual? Like normal raids and normal trials? I thought those were supposed to be designed. I mean, normal normal trials are part of the MSQ. I think they're for a. I hate the whole hardcore casual shit anyway. But I. I mean, okay. Let me rephrase. Aren't those designed for everyone? <sighs> Because they're part, they're both the, of those things. The norm, the dungeon, and not the normal mode raid. That's actually kind of a separate thing because yeah, that's optional. But the normal trial and the dungeon are designed for the same people. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but, because they're part of the main the MSQ. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In, yeah. Mo in most yeah. cases, they're part of the MSQ. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, if it, I, I don't think those two things are that off base. Then now, if you want to bring the normal raids, I think that's a little bit extra because you're yeah. you're choosing to do that. Um. Whereas MSQ is kind of a required thing in this game. It's just how it is. So, just I thought it was a weird question. I thought this question would it, have been better after we got a look at the the Criterion yeah. Dungeons and and the dungeon changes coming in the next patch. Well, yeah, probably. I mean, it would have made more sense. Or or if it was a Q, and maybe this was the intent. Maybe the question was meant to try and cue Yoshi P into talking about Criterion Dungeons and hey, you know. We get feedback on the difficulty all the time, and so we're trying to mix things up. And you know, please look forward to it. And it just failed to to elicit the response. It, but to imply that like they were challenging and they're always they feel new, and no, they don't. 
They look nice. They're great. I love the stories. And I'm not bitching about them. Uh, but the question I thought was like, is that really how the rest of the regular yeah. like player base, like the bulk of the player base feels? Because I don't, but I have played MMOs for a very long time. It is hard for me to go into any MMORPG and feel like a new player, truly. Um, something has to be like wildly different for me to have that. I have no idea what I'm doing feeling. But maybe that just yeah. comes with... The MMOs. I mean, I think I think you have to for that part of you'd have to take a perspective of someone who's not always caught up. I think I think that's more where those people lie. They're like not they're not doing the patch every time the patch comes out. But interesting. Uh journalists don't ask a question without an end game. Not true. <laughs> there's there's been some <laughs> some bad ones out there. Uh, and then they tried obviously to get him to talk about the next patch and he, or the, uh, the storyline where we're going. And he was like, yeah, just look forward to it. <laughs> not spoiling it. Sorry. Yeah, not yet. Not spoiling it. Uh, then over on Eurogamer, uh, he talked to Ed Nightingale and this was kind of more about, MMORPGs in general. Yeah, 14 was talked about, uh, particularly in the, in the aspect of um, solo entry points in Final Fantasy 14. But he did talk about like what he thought was the, what Yoshi P thought was the ultimate MMORPG. And I want to know if you guys agree here, and I'll give you my take after I do it. Here's what Yoshi P had to say. My idea of the ultimate MMORPG is one in which every player playing the game can pick and choose the content they want to play, and the developers take into account the myriad values held by the players, responding to as many requests as possible. So what I mean to say is the game will further develop if it can meet the needs of many players, not just the needs, needs of a particular type of player. In my eyes, the ultimate ideal is not playing all the game content, but being able to choose what content you want to play. How much of each type of content to implement is determined through discussions among the core staff, including myself as director, the assistant director, the content director, the battle director, and so on. Having said that, at the end of the day, it boils down to making a judgment based on what we feel would be appropriate. So we will release the content and then iteratively make adjustments while keeping an eye on the player feedback. Is that the best approach for designing something that is relatively niche, an MMORPG? Try to interject content that appeals to wide swatches of players, Tark. Absolutely. Yeah, if you... It's a niche market as it is with MMOs to really focus down to one subset of players. You're, you're making niche on top of niche. So you're really limiting yourself. What 14 has done is they got the casual, they got mid-core stuff with some normal raids and such like that. They got a couple ultimate raids. I feel that they need to do more on that uh, issue and maybe Criterion Dungeon will help feed that as well. Um, but I think they have a good balance of all sorts of different content, different skill levels. Um, I, I think Yoshi P is right on the mark here. You, you don't want you want to have it approachable to as many people as possible to have a successful MMO in these days. Yeah, and obviously he's talking about the ideal here. He's not trying to claim that Final Fantasy fourteen yeah. achieves this ideal. He's not implying that at all. He was asked, you know, your opinions. But Kronos is what he's talking about the way things should be done in the genre. I mean, I feel like he was describing fourteen. Oh, he, he definitely at the end <laughs> but, started saying, "Hey," but yeah. I don't. I don't think he looks at fourteen and says, "I don't think he thinks fourteen's like this is the best product ever made right, ever." Right. But yeah. I do think that these values that he's talking about are instilled in fourteen. Like uh, almost Here, here's all my take on it. I don't disagree with you, Tark, in that fourteen offers a lot for a lot of players, and you have avenues that you can go explore. You know, you want to do PvP? Okay, go. Go do PvP. You want to go do dungeons? Go do dungeons. You want to do raids? Raids. You want to do island sanctuary? Do that. You want to go achievement hunting? Go do that. Like, it, just the mirror, the list is long. But it took 10 years to get there. 
It sure. wasn't always like this. It wasn't like, certainly wasn't like it in 1.0. And it wasn't like this in 2.0 either, right? PvP wasn't even a thing in, in 2.0. Um, and raiding really wasn't a thing besides having the first coil of Bahamut available. Like, it takes, I like where his brain is. Can I make multiple things for people to do in my game and not make any of it mandatory? I like that, the the mindset. But there have been many times I have done first looks for, for MMORPGs, Kronos, where I've literally said they have tried to do so many things in here that and appeal to so many people that it doesn't appeal to anybody. Like the PvP yeah. players feel cheated, the dungeon players feel cheated. There's just not it's, quite there, uh, and so I I wish he just would have been like, hey, there's no way to actually launch this product that I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I guess I, I didn't take <laughs> you it have that way, to but earn I, it right. over a long period of time yeah. of success. By the way, you have to have the success that 14 has had to even think about putting in something like Island Sanctuary. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. He didn't say that explicitly. I guess I took it that way without it being there. That, like, you don't just, like, launch that way. You have to launch with, like, a product that, you know, like, and people no, start with and, and, and then and build I'm not toward in, it. But... I, I, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, I got the impression that he understands that, too. Like, I'm not, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying he didn't. But I think, <clears throat> excuse me, when you're asked about, like, the ultimate MMORPG, right, if we bat it around as as a question between the three of us, it's we're going to be talking about what we want that game to look like when it's available for us to play it. Mm. This is just not realistic on that day one. It just, for any game. That's true. For no, any. That's, that's 100%, 100% true. And it's not also, like, just to be clear, not like Final Fantasy fourteen doesn't have some weaknesses as well. Like, I mean, the MSQ is still required. You know, yeah. that's a thing I'm sure some people, some people just don't want to do that. And that's fine. You know, doesn't mean they're and is 14 really it, that way tark like it is now <laughs> is it is it really I, I though like the I, I the, the the uh gear treadmill is inextricably tied to well, repetitive content that you may or may not want to do but so go ahead tark yeah I'll, I'll go i was gonna say you really don't even have to do all that much on yes. the gear treadmill yes yeah the gear treadmill actually doesn't even matter for some of those things. Like if if PvP is your end game, what gear treadmill are you doing? Nothing. There's if Island Sanctuary is your end game, your end game, you're in the wrong game. Well, you just <laughs> said that if you want a PvP at 14, do you? That's the thing. Like that's a, hey, I mean, you can do that. They're working up to it. At Island Sanctuary, if that's all you want to do, if you want to go gather for a couple hours a day and build your thing, chill in your house with a couple or your hideaway, whatever the hell it's called, uh, with a, with people, then do that. You don't need gear to do that. You can just wear the the farmer gear with the scripts. You don't need battle stats. The, the, the only time you need gear for real is Savage and Ultimate. Dungeons, you, you could just do the dungeons, get the gear for the dungeons, and the dungeons are super doable. And you buy your Tonestone gear every week or whatever, and you'll just do them a little faster. The only time you're really on the gear treadmill is if you're raiding, honestly. Like, other, other than that, are you really on the gear treadmill in this game? No, but I got to ask the questions to make the conversation <laughs> yeah. interesting. It's look, my look, job look, look. is I'm just, yeah, just it's my job as the I got host. <laughs> I, got, I got you. I got you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, I, I am one of the firm believers, though, that particularly in niche genres like MMORPGs, which, yeah, it's, it's a big audience, but relatively speaking in gaming, it's niche. Um, I, I think that can sometimes be to your ultimate failure, not just your detriment, but maybe your ultimate failure when you use this as the starting objective. Uh, yeah, it's... it's Baron Vagabond it's in chat says Wildstar. I mean, there were, there were multiple big. reasons for that, but yes, that is definitely one of them, yeah. too. It helps to have Square Enix money to have that idea. No shit, uh, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's definitely true. They then talked so. about making a uh, solo entry point. And how that's become a little more important to the team and Yoshi P. They talk about the duty support system kind of fitting with that and some of the, the additional dungeons that we saw in this pa in these patches uh, in this expansion added to the duty support system. 
Yoshi P says, the main point is not that we are focused exclusively on single-player content in particular, but rather that the scale of the game, its content and development has finally grown to the extent that we can provide content tailored to solo players. Now, this is exactly what I was just talking about, right? Yes. The absolute recognition and verbalization of we would not have been able to do this unless we got to the point that we are now. You cannot do this right out of the gate. Another reason is that in further developing Final Fantasy XIV and expanding its scale, I want to guide people who have been thinking that connecting with other players is a pain in MMORPGs so that they'll ultimately come to appreciate the fun of playing with others. As an entry point into the game, being able to play the main scenario huge or a solo, <laughs> play the main scenario solo is a huge plus. Is a huge plus. Uh, and now we start the whole debate on should MMOs or MMORPGs <laughs> be catered for solo players in some regard. Uh, and that's a debate I'm sure we could spend an entire show on, gather six more hosts, and it would just be a screen fest <laughs> between all of us. <laughs> I think he's dead on here that it works in the Final Fantasy XIV scenario because of where they've been able to get to and because they have a very compelling story to tell. Most MMOs don't. Mm. Most MMOs don't. And so you really don't care about experiencing that story. You know, okay, I'm missing out on that. But this is a mainline Final Fantasy that there, I'm sure there are people that look at that go, I don't want to play an MMO, but I hear the story is really good. I like Final Fantasies. All right, I'm going to jump in and just do the story stuff for a little while. I'm sure there's a portion of the audience that does that, but it took eight to ten years to be able to get there and offer that to them. Yeah, we didn't get trusts until Shadowbringers, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So, well, yeah, there's... Yeah, no, squadrons, right? Squadrons. Oh, yeah. oh, God. <laughs> that was a joke. Ungamax, okay? Ungamax everything. Let's go. Um, I, I agree that, uh, yeah, it took a little while, and the term, this is an RPG MMO, you know, gets floated around, and I kind of agree with that, that, you know, if you wanted to play this just as a Final Fantasy story, it's a perfectly viable way, especially with them updating all the trials that are required and all the dungeons that are required for MSQ. Uh, could they have done this right off the bat? No, no, that wouldn't really work out. Um, with it being MMO first, but, you know, it's really kind of has shifted to, you know, the RPG and the story. And then there's the MMO stuff that if you want to do branch out and do that. Kronos thoughts. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, I think it's, it's more of a final, <laughs> it's more of a final fantasy. Kronos thing. was just like, ditto. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's more of a final fantasy thing. I think like, I think other MMOs don't, yeah. don't care about, that part of it and then also like in other mmos like usually not all the time but usually you're not like the main character you're not like the guy you know what i'm sure. saying like it, you're usually just a guy or a girl oh, what you are know? you talking about or, man? or an every orc, mmo or you're the fucking chosen one you're the divine reincarnation of this hero, <laughs> and they're all the same. Well, maybe you're, like, related, but I don't know, man. You have mad plot armor in this game. Yeah, you do. <laughs> like, yeah, you do. <laughs> so. uh, they brought up Island Sanctuary in this uh, Eurogamer interview, too, but from a bit of a different aspect. Uh, they kind of said, you know, it's cool, but really, you have to get through the 6-0 storyline to get into this. And we, I remember yeah. talking about this before it had launched, and we said, well, maybe there's like hints to locations or story or things like that in the island or around the island or in the quest to get to the island and stuff like that. Turned out that wasn't the case. So mm -hmm. in my case, in my brain, I'm still like, why is this locked <laughs> behind Endwalker? Um, and so they asked him. And Yoshi P said, where possible, I did want this content available to players at early levels in the game, but I considered that in the current story, we've reached an opportune moment and we're now in a position to provide such an island to our hero. So something it's something he wanted to do for a while. Hence, in the end, I had no choice but to make clearing 6.0 one condition to access the content. You see, these types of things are tied to the fact that we're extremely particular about Final Fantasy XIV's story. What am I missing here? 
We save the world. We get our own island for free. Come on. You're missing the underlying thing. What am uh, I missing? You have, from? The, you have to buy the expansion to Alan Sanctuary. That's what he's really saying. I and, and I would have gotten it if they would have said <laughs> if they would have said post level sixty. Like I would have been yeah, like, I, oh, okay, they don't want you to get it in the free trial. Okay. It's it's a nice PR thing, but really it's it's like, yeah, we weren't putting this outside of the expansion. Like you're buying the expansion to do this content. <laughs> <laughs> you can't convince me otherwise that's why they did because this could just be level 50 way. he's just like hey there's you know story and we got to be considerate of that and i was like that's what we thought maybe you were doing and then we got it and there's nothing there yeah <laughs> like, there's nothing really tied to it like, what are you doing um yes and then can we expect a Xenos chicken minion from the whole Mogshoot farm stream and the donations to name the chicken Xenos? He says, I'll avoid giving any definitive, uh, de definite answer about whether or not Xenos the chicken will make an appearance in game. But I can say that the stream turned out to be a great source of stimulation for thinking up future rewards. We're getting a Xenos the chicken. Like, we're getting a Xenos the chicken. or minion or both? Uh oh, good call. It's probably just uh -huh. a minion. It's, it's got to be a minion, minion, right? Minion, minion. Yeah. yeah right. I don't think they're gonna make a Zeno's chicken bout, but maybe it'd be funny. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> just a huge rival of the Chocobos, right? <laughs> uh, all right. Let's slide over. Let us know what you think of the Yoshi P interviews and your thoughts on some of the things we batted around today. Other Square Enix news. Happy birthday, Dragon Quest Five. Turned thirty this week. Turn 30. God, I'm old. 30. Have you played five? I own it. That's that, it. that wasn't the question. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. Uh, it's just too much. It's just too much. I have not gotten into it. Do you have, uh, have you played five, Kronos? A long time ago. It's been I, a while. I actually just played it recently because I have the Super oh. Famicom version. And so I put okay. that buddy, that bad boy in the, the Retron. Um, and then SD cards, some English patches. Mm, good stuff. Yeah, I think I've played them all up through to eight. And I didn't play any after eight. It was the last I figured I this would be a perfect time, Mike, for you to plug your uh, uh, Steam Deck. Oh, it, it is. It's on Steam Deck. Oh, do you, don't you worry <laughs> about that. I don't. It was before I finished a playthrough before I had my Steam Deck. Gotcha. And so it was. Gotcha. I was playing it on the Retron 5. <laughs> Uh, which is in the bedroom on a 4K TV. <laughs> yeah. Quick question about Dragon Quest. Uh, they're redoing three. Is that correct? Yeah. Or is it? Yeah. Okay. Three. Do you think if th this one sells well, they'll do that for the rest of the Dragon Quest series? Um. And why start with three? Two would have been a good one to start with. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Comes out what this 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 fall? It's like soon, isn't it? Yeah, along with every other Square game. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, I'm not sure on the release date for that. Uh, I don't uh, think it's this uh, year. Uh, da -da, there's no release date in here. No, and I'm not spending some time rolling through this. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I don't. I, well. So I, I can see why you wouldn't want to do one, right? That was NES. And two two was NES, wasn't it? Yeah, yes. those were those were Dragon Warrior here, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking one because it was just one character. It was just like a right. solo character. Where two, you had three characters in your party, so. But, oh, three is like the end of the trilogy, so it's kind of, it just feels a little weird. Uh, whatever. Hey, I was going to bring the save point stream to the show. <laughs> like it's in the show notes and I was watching it and they do those like every month or so. And it's, it's Catherine, the event lead. And, um, Oh God. Community manager. Shit. What is <laughs> His name is community manager. Shit. No, no, no. no. Hold on. Cause I, how was that? Oh, there's a Valkyrie Elysium live stream beginning uh, shortly. Yeah, you're hearing music. Caden, social media manager. Caden. Uh, and so, yeah, but the whole thing was 
it was just trailers of stuff we had seen. And I, I expected that portion. They said they were fair, and they said right off the top, no new games being announced here. We're going to do some giveaways, and we're going to go through like the product slate for the next three months. So it was like a nine-hour stream. And no, it was like 40 minutes, but <laughs> they have so much coming out. And so they showed like a Voice of Cards, Beasts of Burden trailer that we've already seen, and... It, it was more commercial, right? They did the Octopath Traveler 2, Theatrhythm Final Bar line. And at that point, I was like, yeah, I'm done taking notes on this, guys. This is just showing a trailer and then giving details that we already knew. Like, there was nothing new about it. I, I'm not sure the benefit of those streams. Me either. I mean, they just did the I, same thing at TGS. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Only spent more money on it. And like I mean, it's just their, their their own staff, so I know it doesn't cost them anything. You know, it's you, they're getting paid to work anyway, whether they're on camera plugging stuff or not. But there were less than a thousand people in the live stream on Twitch, um, and you know maybe you have a few hundred or a couple thousand watch it after the the after the fact too. But it's like if if you're in tune enough to know that. Save point was streaming, then you probably already knew this information anyway. But then it was I yeah. I I went in there thinking that, and then I'm seeing comments like, "Oh my god, I didn't even know that it had come out." Oh my god, I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, you're bringing back the at rhythm, and I'm like, "How do you know yeah. to watch this stream? This oddball uh, three in yeah. the afternoon stream?" Yeah, dude, Final Fantasy has a card game. What it's crazy? <laughs> <laughs> crazy. <laughs> insane so yeah there was nothing really worth it on the stream but hey if you were one of the ones that won their their prizes that was cool they were giving out some cool prizes and i guess you know any advertisement's good at the end of the day i guess uh harvestella did get a bunch of new details dropped uh nintendo life covered it as well talking about how seasons work in the game all kinds of different things that you can cook the food you'll be producing during the summer, like there's only certain things you could do during certain times of the year. Tark, can I sell you on it yet? I'm getting closer again. Are it, you it really? Up a little bit more. It's. Uh, I, I'm probably going to have my boy Piers play it, and I'll watch him play it, and then I'll kind of decide. I, I'm just. I'm on the fence. I'm really hard on the fence on this one. But you know, they're new jobs, machinist and. It, it's barred. They can yeah, it's barred. barred. Dude, they added machinists <laughs> to Final Fantasy fourteen. Sick, man. That was cool news. <laughs> Sick. Sick. This is they still put the job in the game. This is still a no for me. It's still a no for me. What about you, Kronos? Uh, this is probably going to be that game where like, I'm looking at it and it looks kind of interesting, but there's too much stuff coming out, and then I'll probably forget about it and never buy it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I'm just being honest. So we'll go, we'll go more into Ooh. details uh, on our thoughts in just a second there. Uh, hey, I know, gang, this happened actually like a week and a half ago, and I was going to bring it to last week's show, but we kind of got like buried under all kinds of stuff for the last two weeks with all the streams and whatnot. In the talk about Forspoken... Uh, and some of the press that has come out there, and some of it had to go through translation from like Spanish sites and stuff like that, relayed to us uh, in English by MP First. Forspoken co-director Takishi Tarada revealed that the play uh, players can expect an average playthrough of Forspoken to take approximately thirty to forty hours to complete. Uh, to be clear, I am not one of those guys. I'm not one of those gamers that a game has to be X hours long and convert it to a dollars per hour ratio. And you know, like I, that's just not me. I, I can spend $50 on a 10-hour game and absolutely feel like it was worth it or not. I can spend 50 or $60 on a 200-hour game and feel like it was worth it or not. Uh, totally independent of the amount of money or the amount of time. But when you talk about RPGs, a lot of people do care about how long am I going to be involved? Famously, <laughs> remember, uh, hey, it was going to be 500 hours to complete Dying Light 2. And people were like, get yeah. the fuck out of here. And they were like, well, like <laughs> if, you, that. <laughs> if you want it to be, if you want it to be. They're like, yeah, no shit if you want it. I can make Super Mario Brothers 1 take me 500 hours to beat if I want it to take five. There's no way your game has 500 hours of content. Get the hell out of here. Um, 
But 30 to 40, that's kind of like always been the, at least like when I've always been talking RPGs, somebody says 40 hours, you're like, oh, cool. Yeah. All right, cool. So I'm not surprised number. here, and obviously there's going to be more if you want to decide you want to do some of the end game stuff or the the uh, additional quests. Are you all right with 30 to 40 hours for an unknown, untested IP, Tark? Uh, yeah, I think it's a good number. Uh, I'm trying to think of other games. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, I think I pumped in like 50 to 60 hours, so and that was good experience. Um, whether it's a new IP, I'm kind of trust in square maybe i shouldn't but i am trust in square things are looking better um what i didn't want to hear was like it's a 20 hour game like valkyrie elysium which has me head scratching that came out today um, by the way uh yeah mine won't come out for another week i got delayed by amazon but um so that has me scratching my head um but it also seems to be kind of a like an old Valkyrie profile slash Devil May Cry, like you replay the the levels until you get the S rank, so that maybe that has more replay ability to it. Um, what I don't want is a hundred hour RPG like Persona. Like thirty to forty hours is a nice number for the main story, in my opinion. You can spend a whole lot more exploring. The zones look gorgeous and amazing, um, so I will be exploring a lot. But yeah, it looks good. You all right with thirty to forty Kronos? Sam, I'm with you. I don't really uh, t just putting some hour mark on it doesn't mean anything really. I mean, I think yeah, like a lot of people probably look at it and they're like, oh, 40 hours for an RPG is like a good number. But like, I don't know. It's it depends. It really just depends. See, like I don't mind that persona took me eight hours. It was fun the whole time. Uh, but then when you have another game that doesn't need to be 40 hours and it's 40 hours, that could be like a negative. Mm. It just depends. I mean, and then sometimes sometimes eight hours is the sweet spot. It just depends. I mean. You want to get your bang for your buck. I think a lot of people are looking for that. And, I mean, this is going to be a $60, $70 game, so I understand. Yeah, there's always but, that, like, cost per hour. Well, you spend $16 uh, to go to the movies fallacy well, argument. I but, mean, people say that about Resident Evil all the time, and I think right. Resident Evil games are awesome. So, like, I mean, I just, I don't think, I don't think there's, like, a correlation specifically there, yeah. personally, for my enjoyment of the game. Uh, so, for me, it's going to be, like, I just need to see it. I don't really give a crap if it's 30. I don't care if I beat it in 20. Like, it's. 100 percent with you newest girls with us too 30 to 40 sounds fine we're good for it hey x pooter put up a uh, article by uh ribia rizwan this week it was just kind of like 10 things about final fantasy 16 that we know so far uh i'm gonna read them down to you uh, is there anything that we didn't know about here or we haven't talked about that surprised you it's not open world ai controlled party there are party member arc storylines there's an easier mode to experience the story, an action-based combat system, summons, Odin's edition, Torgal the dog is in there. That's kind of a game-movie combination. At least that's what Yoshi P was going for. Devil May Cry developer. There you go. Anything on there that we didn't know? Because I'm going to be honest, so. there was really. one thing that if, if we did know, I don't remember knowing uh, or remember seeing, and that was that there was an easier mode if you wanted to experience the story that kind of... Um, would allow auto combos and slow motion in combat. If we knew that, I totally spaced on it until I saw the list. I, I don't think we knew that, but with what they did with 7 Remake um, and also Strangers of Paradise, you know, there being an easy mode, I, it doesn't surprise yeah. me one the, bit. So I was like, yeah, okay. Duh. And Yoshi P is all about, you know, everybody should be able to experience the story. So it's not surprising at all. Uh, I don't know if I want to buy one of these or not. Check this out. This is on the Square Enix store now for pre-order. It is the Elpis Flower from Final Fantasy XIV, and it does light up only in white. They are very clear about that on the site. <laughs> the Elpis Flower <laughs> featuring in Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV Endwalker has been recreated as a collectible item that would brighten any Warrior of Light's journey. We recommend pairing the light with a bud vase to truly let it shine. Elpis flower, flower lights up only in white. Two batteries not included. Phillips screwdriver needed to replace the batteries. Coming out in May of 2023 for the stunning price of $44.99. So $45 bucks <laughs> USD prior to shipping. So $80. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what it doesn't say yeah. is what it's made out of. 
it doesn't say if it's glass or if it's a composite or you know if it plastic and forty five dollars is like one of those weird price points where it like that's exceptionally expensive to me if it's plastic. That's yeah. a little bit on the less expensive side if it's glass, but I could see it being either. And I'm also I, I not be... sure how hard this actually would have been to just let me make this in different colors, right? Like, yeah. you put a light just, in uh, it, just make it yeah, an LEDs RGB hard, or an like, LED light. Well, LEDs are hard, okay? <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure they gave these away at like one of their concerts, like it was exclusive for a while. And I want to say these are plastic, but I could be wrong. Forty-five dollars uh, for it being plastic is a bit is a bit much for me. I think I'm gonna skip it at that point. I think I'm gonna skip it at that point. Yeah, confirm that for sure. But I'm pretty sure that like there was like a Japanese. No, concert I'm just gonna skip it. Like I don't care enough. It's cute, but yeah, forget it. Like I don't need an Elpis flower. I don't need an Elpis flower. Tarky buying one. If, if I had a girlfriend or wife that played the game with me, I might get it for them. But <laughs> otherwise, no. My love for you is no. eternal. Here's a plastic fucking flower. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Here's an Elpis flower. I love you. <laughs> Here's a plastic flower. Oh, cool. Yeah. I can make it light Rest up. In- no, Damn no. It. It's just white, $80. baby. Just white. Just white. <laughs> uh, let's slide over and do love it or leave it. Love it or leave it is the way we end every episode here of The Relic Grind. It's where I give you something Square Enix related. Could be a press release, a game, a feature in a game, something they did or said. And I ask you, do you love it, want more of it, or leave it? Walk away, never see it again. Today, I want to know, we've already kind of touched on it. And Tark, I'm wondering where you fall. you got to make the call right now. Love it or leave it, no fence sitting. Are you buying Harvestella if you had to make that call right now? Love it or leave it? Uh, leave it. As of right now, it's going to be a leave it. Uh, I'll see what it does, how, how it is in the when it comes out. Look at reviews. Watch my boy Pierce play it. But right now, it's a leave it. Kronos. Yeah, it's a leave it for me, too. I feel like this is one of those games, though. If you wait on those things, you're probably just never going to buy it. That's just how I personally feel. I agree. Uh, I agree. No, you're going to totally forget about first. it. It's like, Jesus. Yeah. yeah There's you... just too much. Thing. It's going to get buried under too many things, I think, at that point. I feel like if I had a wife or a girlfriend that really liked farming Sims, I'd probably buy a copy of this game for her. Uh, <laughs> but in lieu sure. of that, no, I'm not buying Arvistella. Like, there's nothing that game can do that makes me even remotely interested in it. Sorry. Sorry. Chat, don't go anywhere after the show. She's actually back. She's back. I am. What's up, fam? in a row. Google yes. it's, it's a miracle. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, it's been a while. Welcome back. You are still a little soft, though, so you got to speak up. All right. There you All go. Right. Hey, there. Scream into my... There we go. That's hey. perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> how, so how you been? What are you playing? Um, so it, it has finally gotten a little cooler around here, and I'm feeling the spoopification. Uh, so we are going to start with uh, at least an aesthetically themed game, Night in the Woods, and mm. explore the psychological horror of returning home from college. Whoa! <laughs> it's, it's more ex- existential crisis territory, but you know, it's it's pretty. It looks it looks thematic for the weather, so we're gonna get into that while we research better spoopy games for October. Sounds good. Don't go anywhere, chat. Vale be live in just a few minutes after the stream. Give us a minute or two to take things down, relabel it. She'll be right back. We will, of course, be right back next Thursday with another episode of The Relic Grind. Don't miss Gaming Gumbo on Saturday, Torchwick and Tark streaming on Saturday, Final Fantasy Trading Card Game Live, Locals on Mondays, and all the other content. Thanks so much for stopping by. Until next week, Kronos, where can everybody find you? Uh, Same as always, Twitter. Yeah, want to talk about or complain about things? I'm there. (laughs) Tark. Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, all at Tarkov Gaming, and Saturday nights here on Ready Check Radio, where we're on the last chapter of Live Alive. <laughs> Kronos is such an old dad without being an old dad. <laughs> oh, man. I call it re- being a realist. 
I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me personally right there, but more importantly, follow at RZ Radio, R-A-I-D-E-O, and you'll get a tweet every time we go live with a podcast or a stream, so you'll always know when to come hang out. Until next time, gang, thanks for hanging out. Stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Later. Later.